But we'll, okay. we'll start with that question. So that way this will be, God, hell yeah, dude. Are you, are you letting Lucy have something to drink? Do you, are you good? I'm good. I'm good. I don't want to drink too much because I'm going to do pee halfway through this. If I do. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, how to get recruited. It's funny. I was sitting in physics and I just got recruited like normal people get recruited. And I was thinking, huh? Emily Phillips shows up to a class and like, who's this? And she does a whole presentation. I think, huh, sounds pretty good. I don't know. And I get the call a couple days later. She invites me to it. And I'm like, okay, great. And I talked to my big, actually, my fraternity. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Now, don't go. Stupid. And I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm excited. And then I thought, well, I told her I'd show up. So I showed up because I told her I showed up. And then I show up. And then the whole time I'm there, I'm like, oh my God, this sounds so familiar. This sounds like something my parents like, told me about when I grew up. No way. <laughs> All the way through. And at the end, I'm like talking about it. Like I was excited for myself to do it. Um, but I remember that. And I called my dad after my first interview. And I said, hey, dad, you remember that thing you did in college where you like sold books door to door you've like told us about he's like yeah i'm like um was that southwestern he's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm being recruited for it right now he's like no way they're and still around <laughs> yeah and it was just crazy and he told me he's like i've never considered what would i do if one of my kids actually wanted to do this this was the hardest thing i've ever done with my life and then yeah. he said i think you could do it and do it well but give me the confidence to keep going through the interview process. Wow. Which is really, yeah. And then it's so I interviewed the whole time with Ben Kessler. Um, Shout out to Ben. <laughs> yeah. And then, so in my second interview, I really got that I'm an asshole in my whole life. I think I'm just like better than everyone. And I really wanted to do this because I thought it was an opportunity for me to be humbled, be kicked into the dirt and actually get humbled in life. So I went yeah. into my third interview on my hands and knees begging them to take me because I had a ton of things I wanted to do instead, like study abroad, um, do an engineering internship, all these things that were bigger that I thought more important until I realized that I'm an asshole, arrogant asshole. And I thought I have to do this because if <laughs> I don't do this, that's the most selfish thing I can do because I'm not the one who deals with all the repercussions of that. It's everyone I meet in my life. Huh. No, I started interview, shook hands with Ben. He's like, okay, cool. So Emily Phillips here is going to be trying to go like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the hell? I felt scammed. Damn. So all the way through the, all the, way through the training, I hated Emily. Because hey, <laughs> here's the thing. She was training me on things that I thought were common knowledge. I didn't know that normal people don't get this shit when they're growing up right yeah because to you your parents have been telling you that attitude and yeah all the time your dad's like did you you, you were two and your dad was like did you get 30 demos today and you're like i think so i don't know what that <laughs> that's exactly awesome. yeah because my mom well my dad sold my dad and then my mom sold and my dad recruited my mom so reason got married oh wow <laughs> oh shit we need to talk to your parents after, after this episode too <laughs> no they're not together anymore Oh, ah, shit. oh man okay okay hang on. so hold on so then you went to your mom your, you said you, your dad recruited your mom yeah oh uh, and then they got married damn well they got 
my dad did three summers, mom did two, and um, yeah, and then they got married not long after they left, and my mom's told me many times she felt like the second that she said I do, she lost, you know, freedom, and she didn't, you know, she was kind wow. of trapped. It was only the marriage was just kind of a, a look good, you know, and yeah. you know, box, you know, got married, great. Hmm. A lot of life lessons in that relationship, it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. So hold on. So then Emily trains you, and this is what part of the of the semester? Is this like early on or is this like a, just October, right? Uh well this is all the way because I was recruited like in October. Okay. So, so you had a lot of time to train. A lot of time. A lot of time. Okay, and then you went out and sold. Now, okay, we, we should pause here because we're live. We gotta introduce you real quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Nick, 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 go ahead, please. All right, so everybody, welcome to Ponytails Podcast, episode number ten, where we have Anthony Conroy from Oklahoma, staying there in Norman. Go Sooners, whatever. They're they're my favorite Big Twelve team since Nebraska. Go Big Red left, but um, more on that a totally different time. Um, Anthony sold. From 2017 through 2019, 2017 was a number seven first year, um, and then top experience the next summer, and then that third summer, we'll get to this, uh, but this guy had a stroke while knocking on doors, um, so that that's definitely a unique experience that not everybody has, especially at a young age, you know, um, so we definitely love to hear some details about that, but uh, yeah, right now we're talking about how he was brought into the business, some alumni parents that he was just recruited through a, a class survey and um, just kind of happened into it and was like, oh, yeah, I guess my parents did this. I'll do this. And um, here we are now. So, yeah, any any things, any, what do you think, Andre? Should we talk about the stroke now or should we save that for later? I think I think we'll save that for just a second. Um, yeah. I want to talk, I want to hear more about, so you were a study, had a 300 plus unit day you were you're pretty good at selling books and that's that's uh that's cool i that is important as from a standpoint of like showing someone's discipline and, and, and hard work so <laughs> hell yeah there's your president cool. that's right that's a that's a testament to, to someone who busts their ass so good for you that's a that's a praise for sure um okay so walk me through then so at this point you're you're going through because because you gotta understand where the my my perspective is i got recruited wednesday before finals week and I didn't know anything about Southwestern. So like your experience going into sales school, going into your first summer is a completely different thing. And that I, and especially with parents, I don't, you know, I, I have not familiar with that. Talk to me about like when you were going in, uh, as you met like other first years and, and, and like, did you know you were going to go to number seven Were you shooting for number one? Was it a surprise that you did that? Or how, how did that go? I was not shooting for number one. I was shooting for top 10 um, because I knew that, people who are like, I'm going to be number one or they never do it. But I remember the very first person I approached <laughs> get this little of this um, was Weston. Love Weston. And I thought in my head, like, wow, these people are very good. I'm going to be so much better than that. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, you know, all these people I was thinking, oh yeah, no, I've got in the bag and these people aren't prepared. That was like all of them. And then through sales school, I'm like, yep, I got this handled and then um i remember with emily she gave me her presence club thing you get on presence club to give to the person you know she gave me yeah. that to me and she said i believe in you this summer and i was like okay cool 
Um, and then I told her that I want to be top 10. She's like, okay, good. Got to work for it. I'm like, sweet. So and you, I did. And it was I just kind of like a plug and play type summer. You were ready to roll and you just did it. I was ready to roll. So That's my first week on the summer, I didn't know it was so bad. I sold 26 six units the whole first week. <laughs> I had no idea it was bad. And then, That's terrible. I, I did even worse, but <laughs> that was your first week. Like, I didn't know that. I was just so oblivious. I was just out there working. I'm like, great. I had fun. I was just, the whole reason I was so good at, like, the whole first summer is because I didn't know what I was doing. Didn't know how the hell I was doing <laughs> You know, and then I, twice my first summer, I was the num number one in the company first year. Like, that was really Two cool. weeks. Nice. Yeah. Get that face on that face center. Yeah. It's a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, very much. And I was, my my last week on my first summer was my best week. Um, oh, there's my, uh, I have a, I want to win that uh, nice. for my first summer. That's cool. Yeah. And like, I remember it was cool because it came back to check out. And um, my face was like everywhere. So that was yeah. kind of fun. Isn't that, it's a trippy feeling when you come back and you're like recognized by people, right? Like people, it's, it's, it's weird. I feel like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was strange. I mean, especially cause like that kind of have a little bit and to me and I relate, I didn't know anybody going in, right? Cause I just got recruited to elite that I had no clue. I didn't even know orgs, what orgs were. When someone was like, who's org were you? And I was like, mm -hmm. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I can't know. This puppy wants my attention. And so when, I, so you go from that to like, you go back and it's like, oh, hey, Andres. And you're like, what the fuck? It's, it's, it was, it's interesting, isn't it? Like the, the feeling. Yeah, definitely. Is there that Chavi or Busi? This is Chavi. Okay. Yeah, I don't know the difference yet. <laughs> okay. So, so, so then you go back um, and did you feel like you should have gone back? Like, were you excited to go back or was it something that like someone talked to you or were you like, ah, oh, I shouldn't. And then you got talked into. Oh, I, so the way it went is I remember week five, then had asked me, um, just the, my thoughts about going back. It was, it was pie in the eye week. And I remember because, oh, I've got great pictures. I have a video of me pieing, um, uh, <clears throat> Fuck, I can't remember her name right now. I'm so sorry. So, uh, okay. Susanna, Susanna, my best friend on the book field. Um, and I pied her in the eye and it was amazing. And the thing is, that was the week I got number one in the world. So I'm like, <laughs> she's got no chance. Yeah. <laughs> <This is poor laughs> she had asked me, um, she had asked me my thoughts about coming back and like, I don't know, I didn't really think about it a ton. And then I wasn't actually asked to come back until like week 10 maybe and i remember i signed my da uh my eda in a pool and it fell into the pool afterwards <laughs> it was funny uh, so. that's awesome was okay. it an easy yes for you or what did you oh, do? It was an easy yes. yeah yeah so okay. how did how did you progress through your southwestern career was it you know you, you said you had your experienced top experience second summer did you have a yeah. team Tell us about how you went into that third summer. Just kind of summarize, I suppose, um, as much as you can those summers after yeah. first. So I fucking sucked on recruiting. I um, <laughs> recruited um, one person. I can't remember his name. I'm so sorry. In total? <laughs> oh, my brain now. Hey, man. No, no, no. Hey, no worries. Don't we don't worry need to that. press for those details. But yeah, it was just okay. one person between two summers that you were recruiting, right? Between, yeah, between two summers. Um, 
And then when you when you went back, so going into your second summer, you kind of had a better idea what was going on. Um, yeah, I did worse for recruiting. Yeah. Oh, really? So that, that uh, second summer, though, how, how did how did you become more of a what, what was your like thought process going into that second summer? It sounds like you yourself said before you got recruited, you had like this pride issue. You got humbled a little bit. That's what you wanted yeah. to do. But then you went and hit your goals were a top 10 first year. Yeah. You also, you know, had your parents do it and you were watching all these even managers give a, an approach. You're just like, whatever, you know, what was your mentality going into that second summer? So my second summer, I remember my dad coached me not to do Southwestern again. Really? Oh, <laughs> interesting. Really? He told me, he's like, it's kind of a, because the thing is, once you get out, he told me, he's like, it's kind of like a bubble. And you yeah. need to go and get an engineering internship. I want to get an engineering job. <laughs> like, Dad, I'm selling books. Shut up. And so I went in and I was very um, confident, of course. And then I was, um, I was, um, uh, AOL my second summer with Christina Vega love her Hell yeah um yeah and so we were AOLs and we called ourselves the owls the AOLs oh my gosh the owls <laughs> yes AOL um yeah and then it was, it was just really good and yeah because I always wanted to be an OL uh I never got a chance um but at least got to be an AOL you know yeah, I was hoping to be uh, in OL my uh, third summer, but didn't recruit enough people, did you? Is that what? Is that, <laughs> yeah, well, that and recruiting is like a, such a different aspect in Southwestern. It's like a, almost like a different culture, like a different beast entirely, obviously. But it's actually what you spend most of your time doing. Yeah, and we actually the, the last podcast we just had with Steve and Josh, we were talking about like the, what what really makes you good at Southwestern is not necessarily sales. You can get away with being okay at sales if you recruit a ton of people um, right it's a very i mean that's that's something that's really hasn't changed over at least in, even since i was there which is not that long ago but okay so then tell you were telling us about the relationship that you had when you were in southwestern you want to share about that yeah okay sorry so, about that i'm um, excited about this let's do it yeah so when did that I, happen yeah tell us about how that yeah, happened year, wait say it again no just when? tell us about the whole thing yeah start from the start start from the start yeah, yeah. so i was officially in the first openly gay relationship in southwestern history in about 150 years which is kind of cool why yeah. one of the claims to fame uh, we beat alex and ray <laughs> <laughs> the hot lesbian <laughs> couple remember, yeah by the hot gay couple i got gotcha. you yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah i remember it literally it was at um grs2 that david and i met and um we literally stayed up all night, like for two nights. Anyway, just like we went on like a walk and we went on, we were talking, we got kicked out of the hotel lobby because we were downstairs. Yeah. Uh, guy just, you know, kicked us out and then we went to bed and like the next day we were together um, in all the meetings and then he actually changed his flight so we could stay for me. Okay. Uh, now, we, Oh, sorry. I have a question. So this, this was after your GRS two of your after of your first summer or your second summer? Right after my first summer. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Just trying to get the timeline. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And this was like in March, going into my right. second summer. And th did they still yeah. do that in Nola? No, it was in Chicago. Oh hell yeah! I love when they did GRS two in Chicago. Okay. Cool. Yes. Cool. Good times. Good times. It was cool. Amazing. It was amazing. Um, 
yeah, so that was fun. Um, I mean, I don't know what more you want me to talk about it. No, no, no. Just like <laughs> but, uh, that makes sense. I guess from there, would you were you guys like so? First of all, like, and this is something that I can't relate to, so I'm curious. Just it's super, super interesting that that the, the that you were the first one to do it openly. I'm like, first of all, congratulations. That's pretty cool. Like, that's a cool uh, part of history to be on. You know, as far as you know, just in general, and then for the company. But like, even like in general, just relationships when you start having them in Southwestern, they have to be like hush hush at first. Did you feel like it was extra hush hush because of that, or did you, or was it something that you're like very proud to be like this is so cool that we can be the first you know couple to do this and lead by the front and maybe help others you know feel comfortable doing that what was yeah, that like? never ever really hush hush um i mean we weren't like out here proud gay pride type thing sure. it was just we're in a relationship no everybody knew it wasn't a big deal um yeah people just knew hey they're dating not a big that's deal that's awesome that's yeah. so cool. I, I feel like maybe like if you roll back the clocks, like even 20 years, you know, there was probably people who were just nervous to share something like that because of the climate, because of the difference in, in culture. So the fact that you were able to do that comfortably, I think is pretty, is a pretty cool yeah. thing. I mean, um, Southwestern is not a very easy place to be gay in. Um, okay. Not, not like anyone's like harsh on you. It's just like, it's just not very part of the culture i guess yeah it's a know? heteronormative culture where everybody's you know guys and girls exactly you know it's funny sitting through uh rouse man talk oh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh shit no girls in the summer like cool cool got it <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious oh man i can't i didn't even see like that i didn't even think of something like that what, what how yeah. did you feel like sitting through that it's just like what the? i hated is... it my first summer i was like fuck you i was like stop being so patriarchal you know right. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to mark Rao, i guess <laughs> my second summer was okay time to get into the thing right wow but my first time going through i was like very pissed off yeah yeah but that's such a interesting part of the summer right and that when they when they do that talk it's sales like, school yeah, yeah when they're, like, mm, okay all right all the ladies go talk with virgie and yvette and all the guys we're gonna talk with mark rao and grant sometimes <laughs> but not even in a way it's understandable because i feel like if they didn't do that like the heterosexual people who would totally like there would be way more of a problem between uh, well, I'm like... glad you uh, mentioned Virgie. So it's funny with her. You know, Virgie always has a thing where she puts her hand on your leg when you're having, you know, um, PCs with her. Every PC between for me and David, every gay person is always like, have you considered, you know, there's a nice girl out there just waiting for you to meet them. You know, we're like, Virgie, I'm gay. Oh. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> she was always pushing me. Like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's not what you, that's not what I need to hear. <laughs> sorry right. about that. You need to recruit for your personal team, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It, I remember having similar conversations with Yvette and I was like, yeah, I'm struggling to find a girlfriend. <laughs> Not because I'm gay, but because it's just all the, I was alone in Omaha and all the book chicks were in other parts of the country, but 
Yeah, it's, it's kind of awkward to talk with your DSM about that, isn't it? It's like to find a girlfriend if you were gay. Yeah, it's it's just interesting that like to me the. I don't know, ever since, ever since I was in Southwestern, I just remember when they talked about like relationships in the book field and how to like, like to be a no-no. Like for me, our, our, my DSM was Grant and Yvette and they were really good at being friends and professionals, you know, and, but like within our org, within Forest, there's people who were, you know, very interested in, myself included, I'm not excluded. Like we, there was a lot of interest all over the place. And so the relationships were tried to be like shut down, but at the same time you get things like my brother and his wife who ended up like, you know, married and now they're having a baby and you get like the bucks and the cues and people who like right. didn't do it successfully. And I feel like if they just didn't like, if they didn't such, make such a big deal about not trying to be with other people, then I feel like right. it'd just be, it'd be a normal thing to just be coworkers and the people that would, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the, it's kind of like telling someone not to do something and it's like more the reason to do it, more. To do it you know, same thing. Uh, so then going into that, so then it, having the first openly gay relationship, that's, did you, was that something that then happened? Cause you said, who are the other two? I, I don't know the other two people that don't really, the Spearman and Ray Flores. Okay. I so how, together. I don't think so. Okay. But that, that was another openly, uh, they're lesbian. They're two. Yes. Uh, okay, cool. So, and then were, were you aware of anybody else who were like decided like maybe that you might've encouraged and said, that they also came out and were like, this is, our, we've been dating forever. Or were you just the only one right away? I mean, I don't know of any others when I was in there. Dating, oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe That's there it. are, maybe there's not. I'm not really involved with it anymore. Hmm. That's interesting. <sighs> okay, so then let's walk through then um, the, going into the the, the big one, the, the big story that, that uh, you were telling us about there's your third summer and why you left southwestern and like how that went is that tell us a story about what happened with that you know with your stroke and all that stuff you want me to do that because that's like an outline conversation i thought you were saving it for that i have a lot more stuff that i can talk about. <laughs> oh sure i mean what, what well if that because you said that one takes a while right that one takes like an hour cool let's let's dig into that and then if you have like really cool pony stories at the end and we'll we'll share those at the end but i want i'm interested in this one because this is like right. good stuff thank you yeah oh my god oh my god nick make sure you comment on the facebook on the facebook yeah, yeah. And say that this is where this crazy story happens because this is if this takes a while i want to hear I, I i just don't want to start this later and have it to be like oh crap i need to go or one of us needs to go and then sure. it gets okay. cut short i want i want i want i want the meat and potatoes of this thing and I want the meat in the middle okay but it would just kind of peak to the middle yeah. um yeah so from the start third summer shit yeah. you know I'm, I'm used to my second summer it was great. I was I was still a little afraid to come to my third summer because of what I'd heard. People's third summers, no David, Ben didn't have the best great summers. Third summers. Um, and then, so I my first week, my third summer was shit. I went to Loudoun County and did not do well there. So then, where? Loudoun County, Virginia. Virginia. Oh, in Virginia. Okay, okay. That's where everyone in D.C. lives. Oh. So very, very very expensive. Well, very few people do that. That's where um, Shane Blick sold the most, and then the yeah, like nine thousand units. Yeah, yeah, they created um, nine thousand units in Loudoun County. So, so you sold over Shane? 
no, no, this was a couple years later, but oh, okay. that's that's what he means by that. Yeah, he sold over his old territory. Yes, um, and it was like a different section of the county, but uh, okay, pretty big county. Uh, but no one had sold in my school district like ever in the wild. Um, then it did not work, so I was like, okay, new turf. I switched turfs like three or four times my third summer. Another. Right. Um, so then I switched to. Uh, what town um see because i we had lived in culpepper but i did not want to work in culpepper because it's like podunk hillbillies and i'm like no i sell in the city that's it i just not want to sell in the country at all at all i knew i was bad at it um so i kept searching around for like two more weeks i sold in like a neighboring county uh for like a day i sold in um um Lockyer County for a day and then I got kicked out towards the end of that but that's a county where Victoria Hartman got a ticket for, for a selling um for first summer and then um yeah so in the end I started selling cold liver um in the country and I'm like okay I hate this whatever um <laughs> and then so I worked in the country area a little bit and I started to um move a little bit towards the northern side here. So this is how I do stuff. I visualize it. I, I literally visualize my, my entire summers, week by week. All right, then watch this. We're going to share my screen. So we can see the territory. Oh, yeah, hey. so this is Culpeper right here. You got Washington, DC and all that. So you were selling right here like an hour or two away from Washington, D.C., it looks like? No, right. like 30 minutes. Okay, 30 minutes. That's a quick drive. This is like 30 minutes left, so it's like an hour. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow, so that's Metro. a creepy... Wow. Okay. Yeah, and then... Um, so I go into, uh, in the upper part of the county because uh, who I talk with, um, I think it was Kevin, I'd sold in the southern part to top, so I started in the top down. Um, so I sold in the part that he hadn't. Um, and then, yeah, and then I was like, it was not going super well. Um, I didn't know what I was at. I remember in the summer multiple times, I had a couple times where I just could not enunciate words, but I did not know why. Hmm. I was just like, uh, kind of like... Oh cotton mouth you know um but i just like had to very much focus on over enunciating like two or three times um yeah and then um i remember i lost a hundred bucks uh, no a thousand bucks um that summer um i just, just kind of happened to lose money yeah well it was in my i kept my money in the, my little package thing you know and i lost that uh, uh, that sucked and then whenever I started working the city part of it, I felt a lot more natural, connected. Um, and then that was a couple of weeks. I only did about a month or weeks in the city because I ran out of the city. And then when I started to go back to the country, that's when all my bad PR started happening based on stuff that was in the city. So I had bad PR every summer. My mm. first summer, everyone hated me. The entire so I remember one mom answered the door and she said, Oh, I know who you are. Yeah, I just recommend you leave Raleigh, North Carolina, because nobody wants you here. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I have, I have other stories from my first summer floor. They tell them PR based. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, let me ask, do you want me to keep jumping around or just keep Sure. Just, no, let's stay with this stroke story, please. Okay. Okay. I'm, fine, I'm, fine. I'm focused on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then we can go back to it. I can talk about PR. Anyway, okay. so just fall off the um, yeah, so I started getting cops calling me twice a day when I was in the country because people started thinking, well, one woman said she thought that I was drunk at her house because I tripped on my way out and I had someone following me. Um, another woman, I, um, referral, but it did not go that well. And she was, uh, did not go well. Anyway, um, so I got really bad PR, had to leave the county at the end of my summer to another county that they only sold in for three days for my stroke. Um, so I didn't sell anything in that new county, but it was funny. I did meet my first person. I knocked on the door. They were actually um, new. So the count, the city I was selling inside of, the band director of the high school was actually my friend from OU who graduated oh. with a music interpretation degree. So it was a crazy that she just happened to be from that town and she's yeah. now back in the band director. Um, huh. Julie Sanford. Um, <laughs> Did you know that before? What? So you knew that that summer you, that you had a connection out there? Well, I had no idea. Oh, so you just happened out. upon this person? That's yeah, just happened upon it. Yeah, all the way from Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, That's so wild. Yeah. And then um, I remember my third day that was selling there. Um, I just didn't know what was up. But I remember I was just so tired because it was hot. It was a good like 100 race. And I that Sunday before I'd asked DJ, um, Dianera, uh, like what's some coaching around not overheating in the summer? She was like, sometimes you go to the bathroom, just water in your face to cool off. So I tried that a couple times. Still so hot. I remember I saw a kiddie pool. I rolled around in the kiddie pool. with some water in it. It was yeah. just so hot. Um, and I, I just kind of felt, you know, lethargic. Not that great. Whatever. I was so confused. But I remember I knocked on one mom's door at around 4 o'clock that day. And it before that, you know, it was a little weird. Um, I felt a little hazy. Now looking back, I can see the signs of it, but I remember I left the door and she just stops me. She's like, um, are you drunk right now? I'm like, no. But the thing is, I was slurring my speech so badly that if, you know, a 20 something year old knocked on your door, you assume they're drunk, not having a stroke. But I I thought I was tired. Um, And so I remember I called Virgie. And I said, I don't know what's up. And she's like, okay, just, just finish the day. We'll deal with this tomorrow. So I set up a follow day with Victoria Hartman, who had always wanted to follow for years. Yeah. Um, yeah, because she was number two her first summer. So we really connected over summers uh, afterwards. Um, and she was selling in Roanoke. So and all the way on the other side of Virginia. So I just finished the day, like Virginia told me to. And then I remember I was driving home because I was an hour away from my HQ and my turf. It took me two hours to get home. Mm. No idea why. <laughs> I, I do remember I filled up my hair in my tire, but that was it. That was like a 20 minutes off. But it was just tired. I don't know. So the next day, I remember waking up 
first one in the shower. Then I waited, got ready slowly. So my roommates went out to breakfast and then I went back to bed. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I guess I just didn't get enough sleep yesterday. So I slept for like another two hours and then I went to follow Victoria because I was like, you know, it doesn't really matter when you get to follow, whatever. Um, wow. So it's three hours away, if you want to show the map again. Um, <laughs> complete opposite side of Virginia. It is, yeah. Yeah. So I remember I get in the car, just driving like normal, and I call a couple people. I find out later that they were like, what the heck was going on? Um, I didn't know anything was wrong. But it took me five hours to get to her. Wow. Um, and the second I got to her, um, she, she's like, I knew something was up something serious so I slept in the back of her car throughout the day and she told me she's like the guy I'm staying with he's a neurologist so it'll be fine I don't think anything serious I never got to see her host dad um but I spent the night and then the very next day I go to an urgent care and I'm at the urgent care and the guy's like sorry I can't do anything for you you just need to go to the hospital right down the street because you need to have tests performed that I cannot do here. I'm yeah. like, um, Uh-oh. okay. Yeah. Um, so I drove down the street to Roanoke Memorial Hospital, the number one heart hospital in Virginia, thankfully. And I'm there and they, you know, I wait five hours and I do a couple scans in the middle and they immediately admit me. I'm like, I don't know what's up. Wow. So I'm, you know, and I, I called some people. I remember I called um, Kate Wright. I remember I called mm-hmm. some other people about it. I'm like, I don't know what's up, but I'm at the hospital. And then I I remember I was, they finally put me on the room. I remember I ordered pizza, whatever. And then very shortly, I mean, my, both of my parents flew out like within a day, two days. And then my dad's there, my mom's there. And I remember I was telling them, because they're not together, like, I texted them, like, please don't make this a big thing. Guys, I'm like, the hospital, don't, you know. Right. Fight with each other. Um, I couldn't yeah. find out that was the last time my dad talked to my mom. Um, he just went off. Wow. Anyway, um, whenever he told her that, I had a stroke. Um, yeah, so they do it. They have a ton of, do a ton of tests. Um, and they say, so two options. You either had a stroke or you have Lou Gehrig's disease, which is MS. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what Lou Gehrig's was. So I looked it up and I'm like, oh shit, I did not want to have that. So when they told me um, I'm Lou Gehrig's, I'm sorry, but I had a stroke, I, uh, I said, oh, thank God. <laughs> stroke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah and I'm, I mean, that's a price buildup right there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, and so they found that I had a PFL in my heart, which is a hole in my heart from birth. Mm. Thanks, parents. Mm. Not catching that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I had a hole in my heart, but that doesn't cause strokes. It only causes strokes if, you know, a uh, clot goes through it. Uh. So they're like, we have to figure out what the clot is. And they were like, so we can either do the surgery here or. We said, I can go to Oklahoma Heart Hospital. And the doctor was like, well, I actually trained the people at Oklahoma Heart Hospital. We were like, okay, cool. We'll let you do it. So he patched up my heart. He showed me the little piece that's in my body now. Just like a little cow. 
um, did surgery, went up through my groin, and then um, <laughs> was in there for five days, and then I was free to go, and then my, <laughs> my flew back to Oklahoma, thought that was it, and that was just a start, you know? Um, oh, my God. Yeah, so... You know, when I was back, you know, first three weeks, I was back in my mom's house before I went back to college. Uh, I met with a couple people. I met up with one of my friends um, who was my favorite teacher from high school. She literally told me how worried she was about me because I was like so like disconnected with what happened. I was like, ah, it wasn't a big deal. Mm. But like it was, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I didn't think anything was wrong with me, that I didn't have any issues. I literally found out, you know, I was running at my mom's house because David and I were like, he was like, no, you got to work out. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll work out a little bit. Uh, I didn't know I lost my balance. So I keep running and I'm like almost falling over. So I like run faster so I don't fall over. And I later find out that I completely lost my sense of balance. I didn't even walk downstairs. What the heck? That's crazy. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, because when they told me I was cleared for 12 sessions of physical therapy, I'm like, yeah, I don't need this. No, I need it. Couldn't even run, couldn't walk downstairs, you know. And, you know, of course, I've gained my balance back, but that is quite a, it's quite a journey to experience that. And then um, other impacts, you know, I play the cello. I have a degree in music composition, but I, my cello was my instrument. And I lost about eight years of progress on that. Yikes. Yeah. And after my stroke, I was playing like I did my second year. Wow. Now, this, this, it still feels like it's 2020, right? Obviously, it's a brand new year here. This, this was not last year, like 2020 summer, but the summer of 2019, right? So right. you've yeah, been- Yeah, 2020 was easy for me compared to all this. Yeah, right? <laughs> so you had like the hardest thing you've ever gone through in the middle of that third summer. You tried to go follow Victoria Hartman. That was when all the red signs were going off and you, you got admitted into all this medical stuff. And, you know, how many surgeries were there? Was it like one, multiple? Just the one. Just the one. Just the one. one heart and, surgery. Gotcha. And, and, then, and then you're, so then you went straight home so I, I i've never asked this but where are you from where do you live right now like where are you i'm in norman oklahoma oklahoma and so then you after that surgery you got flown back to oklahoma mm-hmm. and then uh how long did it take before you started like making progress again or like or like because you were just relearning all your balance right? and everything yeah, yeah. we'll talk I about mean, talk about that journey back therapy uh i did the speech therapy oh my god my speech was so bad uh, okay. We did about five of those until my speech therapist was like, how committed are you to recovering? And I was like, what does that mean? She's like, I can tell you're not practicing at home. I'm like, well, what are I supposed to do? Damn. You know, eventually um, stopped meeting. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, but I used up all the 12 sessions of physical therapy. That was it. And then, um, you know, cello-wise, I've been recovering for like a year. It was quite... Um, funny i was planning to not take cello lessons that fall because i was pissed off with my professor at a really bad semester when i was having what i found out so i thought before my stroke i was depressed i didn't know what was wrong i thought i was depressed so i actually did a full psychiatric evaluation with david's dad 
um, who's a psychiatrist, and he said, um, you're actually not depressed at all. It's not one ounce of depression. And I'm like, damn it, I want to be depressed hmm. so I can have an excuse just to take meds because I'm like, what is going on? Uh, right. He called me that fall after the stroke. He said, I think you were having mini strokes, TIAs. I was like, okay. Oh, good. So, anyway. Um, so my professor, um, child professor, I've had, you know, a full year with him now after, and it's very much nowhere where I was, but it's a lot better now. Um, the hardest thing though about this is in my stroke, you know, I got my degree in music composition. I lost my hearing in my left ear. Oh. And I didn't know that until about August or no, until September. Uh, because I remember I was listening to a voicemail in my um, school's medical place. And I put it to my good ear, which is, or my good ear with my left ear, you know? Couldn't hear anything. I'm like, what the fuck? So I put it to my right ear, and then I can hear it. I'm like, oh, okay, this Whoa. is weird. That's immediately a telltale sign that nothing's that, good. Yes, that's, that, that's that it was actually the surgery that had done that because anesthesia can sometimes do that. My composition professor told me, he's like, I lost hearing in my left ear after I had surgery on my thyroid, but it came back. And so I was praying, you know, six months out, usually that's when it comes back. And I'm so, okay, six months, six months, six months, went by and nothing. I was going to sue the hospital for, you know, not disclosing that. And that would have been a big lawsuit if it had any ground. Um, yeah, huh. no, because I remember before my stroke, I went to get my hearing checked out. We were like, because I was starting to lose my hearing. And I thought it was from a class I was in, uh, which I was in a class where we just listened to for like an hour um, engines. We were like doing, taking measurements and things like that. And I thought it was maybe that. And the professor mm -hmm. was like, nope, there's nothing that could have done that. Just reached decibel levels. Well, yeah. And then I had my wow. hearing checked out and then I had it checked out by an actual audiologist. And I asked her, I'm like, have you ever had somebody who's lost their hearing from a stroke? She's like, well, I've actually had patients. I'm like, well, damn it. Um, wow. uh, I lost my hearing in my left ear from the strokes. So now I actually have hearing aids. When I lost the left one, fuck. Oh no. Oh, I didn't no get this 10 minutes after I did a presentation for class about hearing aids, how expensive they are and why they're not covered by insurance. Not why, but that they're not. And then you lost it. That, so I was back in my car. That's Jeez. that's just man. <laughs> so I wonder, I wonder, because isn't your balance in your ears like there's from like the, that's how your balance. I wonder if that something fucked up your all of that, right? That's why your balance maybe, is gone. Maybe I mean that's just kind of that's a connected. stroke. Yeah, because that's because uh, um, I just took a whole class on hearing. It was actually the mechanics of the mechanics mechanics of the internal ear was the class yeah uh, so we did talk about that at the very end and the vestibular uh, part of the ear that's all the like the balance um Lumen. it's just where you you know your sense of place and it, i don't think it was that um i think it was just uh, um yeah so it's just i just lost the hearing at the it's funny i've lost the lower ranges so that was the weird thing about playing cello when i can't oh. hear them that are out of the tune and I'm like trying to match my professor because I can't fully remember my hand positions. And I, I'm like, I'm sounds in tune. He's like, well, slip a little bit, you know, because Damn. I'm tune. Yeah. And then I, oh, you know, I was in composition. This is the only class I dropped the entire time through college with Drew. 
was actually my composition lessons. Mm. And so because that semester after my stroke, I couldn't think of anything. You know, I thought I had lost the ability to compose permanently. And it's worked its way back, or have you gone well, back was, and that tried? That was really hard for me, you know? Really hard because I thought I would never fucking compose again for the rest of my life. Right. And I'm here, you know, finishing my degree in music composition. Yeah, oh, yeah. so you're doing it. Come back story. You did it. Well, no, I did all the credits <laughs> I needed until... <laughs> to graduate so for like an entire year it wasn't until eight months after when i had an idea with my good friend freya um of like hey how because i knew that i generate music more easily when i'm writing music to words i like setting a poem to text and i think and she's a really great poet she's a violist um so i think hey as a graduation present to me why don't you write me a poem and I graduation present to you, I will set it to music. And she said, okay, cool. And we settled on doing that. And then she's like, well, why not have it do it for viola and just inspired by the poem? And then I'll play it my master's recital. I'm like, well, I thought about it. How about I write a piece for viola and voice, which is very much not a common instrumentation. So I did. And why am I? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> we can kind of hear you. You okay, just kind of went into yeah. the other place for 10 seconds and it you looks like into the, still there. You went to the upside down. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. That, you, that, it's all, that, it, that your friend, that the viola uh, composition is yes. just un, un, yeah. not very common. Is what yeah. So in the summer when I was, um, it's like lagging. Okay. <laughs> so in the summer when I was working with Heritage, um, I um, reached out to Freya and said, do you want to turn this into a song cycle? So throughout this past semester, I've been setting other pieces to music from her. This is like not... <laughs> we can hear so you just lively. fine. We can actually hear you just fine. Okay, good. It's messed up. Yeah, you're, you're, the video is chugging, okay, but we can hear you. You just did the Monet version of me. Yes, this is great. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I did that for the, uh, this semester, composing wise, and I think it's actually a fairly decent piece. And then uh, my friend told me that he wanted to commission somebody um, because he and um, so it, um, Jacob and then his uh, friend Alexis, they're both in the saxophone quartet, and he said both of them want to commission somebody to write a piece for saxophone duo soprano saxophone and so we talked about it and i took it on and i completed my soprano saxophone duo piece this semester which is five post-stroke miniatures so it, i wrote about my experience after a stroke in music that's uh, wild for two saxophones so it's really cool cool man yep damn they're gonna and they're gonna publish, they're gonna publish it on a cd in the next like month that's so, awesome! Really cool. Hell yeah! Add it to, add it to my SoundCloud, my website, AnthonyConrad.com. Not Conrad. <laughs> not Conrad. Not Conrad. Yeah. Who, who put that? I was wondering. I was like, that was Conrad. Me. Oh, that was me. Okay. That was my bad. Last it's, names are important, so I apologize. It's okay. It's all good, dude. That is so cool. That is a comeback story, and it's 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 still coming back. You're still working your way through some stuff. Then that's that's amazing. Yeah. 
Did you did you remember your sales talk though? When I am actually. <laughs> I'm just Why? I said, do you remember your sales I talk? I probably though? could. I don't know. <laughs> I remember it because I was doing family heritage and spirit somewhere. Um, no, but I'm actually working on a new commission for saxophone as well. I'm funny. I'm a cellist and I'm writing a ton of saxophone music. Nah, whatever. Whatever works. That's so cool. Yeah. So that was our and so the biggest the hardest thing after my stroke was the hospital bills because dude right. i'm over here i have a full ride college planning to graduate college debt-free and life was like jk now you have after four different hospitals one hundred fifty thousand dollars in medical debt yeah 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 and no, no, did none of your insurance cover any of that you didn't have any oh i didn't really nothing. have insurance i have nothing. health share Oh, shit. Well, it's not nothing. I have health care under my parents, which means it's covered, but they pay out about a year later. Wow. Hmm. This doesn't stop debt collectors from fucking credit. Yeah, and then that'll hit your credit. Damn, so, that's crazy. Well, it actually never did hit my credit uh, because I, you know, I made a spreadsheet and I started making phone dials to all the debt collectors, all the hospitals. And within eight months, I had written 97% of it off. Oh, wow. Well, damn, dude. Yeah, because I, I talked with um, Wright and she told me, she's like, all these hospital bills are always negotiable. And when you can prove that you don't have any income, they're willing to write it off because they won't obviously get it anyway. But Here's the thing that's really hard is whenever, dude, it's, I, I can't even find a job, you know? It's so hard to find a job when you're hard of hearing mm -hmm. because there's nowhere that's accommodating for, very difficult to find jobs that are accommodating for hearing disabilities, you know? And right. the thing that's hard with hearing aids is either I can't hear to actually function or I hear too much to function. Really? Because what it is is because you know like a restaurant or like a bar how you can focus your sound? Right. Yeah, you can't do that. You pick up everything. So hearing aids pick up every fucking Yeah, everything. Everything. So I'm like an autistic kid with stimulus overload. You know? So you hear all the things. So Oh, damn. That's frustrating. Any alumni out there who are willing yeah. to work with a hardworking dude? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> who, who can make it through some setbacks? Um, yeah, that's that's no good, man. We we hate hearing that, and you definitely have a lot that would help you out in whatever position would allow you to to step in. But obviously, it's hard, nonetheless. Right. Um, are you? Are, now, personal question: um, Are you still dating David? I don't mean to, to pry too much, but no, no, that's okay. No, no, it's fine. We broke right after I had the stroke. Yeah, that's too bad. Um, so you, you just kind of like yeah. Now, yeah. Now I'm Would dating Dayton. Say that again. I'm dating someone else now. Awesome! Congratulations. Are you, uh, are you still staying in contact with people from Southwestern? Are you hanging out with any of the people there in Norman? Yeah, how was the fallout there? A little bit. Um, yeah, so that's the one thing that was really hard for me. So, you know, after I had my stroke, I'm over here like, 
all my friends are graduated from college and I very much relied on my friend group to be Southwestern. I was planning to do that for, my plan was, you know, six, seven, eight years. And then suddenly, I didn't even get into delivers. Um, it was, it was fucking hard, you know, because all they're just gone and Southwestern people are really great when you're in the group, not very good at reaching out when you're not in the group. Because they're so busy, you know? Experience. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's nothing gets all of them. I love them. And because when I see them, you know, we're, we're still good friends, but, you know, in the meantime, it's not always a plus, you know, thing. And then, I, of course, after my stroke, so the thing is my stroke happened the part of the brain where you make good decisions, uh, which means I've made some very, very bad decisions this year mm. after my stroke, uh, one of which cost me about $15,000 that I didn't even have, um, one of which got my banned from my fraternity, uh, one of which almost gave me HIV. Um, yeah. Damn, it's, just, it's just difficult to deal with, with the repercussions because some of the stuff that you don't even are aware that you don't have the ability to like like for example the fact that you didn't realize you were you didn't have hearing on your left ear for a, like a while right it's just that's what makes it more difficult it's like like a full month there's there's like there's stuff that's still affecting you that you might not even realize it hasn't affected you because you are not you know you haven't been in a situation where you realize that that's a problem you know until it happens and you're like shit exactly that's crazy that's i'm sorry to hear that brother right Damn. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, I can't make judgment calls. And here's the thing. I definitely had had the problem before. I mean, on the book field, my first summer, I, I remember the very first um, Sunday meeting. I, off we left, I saw like a guy up there and he needed a ride and just took him. Um, the straight complete stranger <laughs> and then here's the thing about that i didn't just do it once that summer did it twice yeah so i the whole making bad decisions has been uh there's precedent but now it's just very accentuated <laughs> it was sketchy you know, at best like, but now it's like whoa <laughs> uh yes so because like here's the thing is i was being scammed um out of fifteen thousand dollars i gave away basically um and i was under so much pressure to meet it i started to trust people to deposit money on my account which got me blocked from banking anywhere for five years wow damn dude yeah, so I've luckily found a bank where I can make at um, as long as they don't do a background check because I'm fucked. Wow. Um, I'm getting that overturned here. I'm working to get it overturned, but like, that sucks. Yeah. And then I, yeah. you know, I'm here giving my money away when I literally am like, I would have starved if I didn't have the church that made, which hasn't this semester. But uh, here's the thing I finally, you know, humble myself and got on food stamps and they've kind of made my life, you know, so much easier. I mean, money is an issue now. Yeah. Right. With, with the situation. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just recovery is not easy after you go through something like this. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping very soon. Cause I graduated 
um, like two weeks ago, which is great. I yeah, did not dude. think I was going to graduate because in August, in August, thank you. In August, I thought I didn't know a fucking thing in my engineering degree. Not a thing. And I'm like, I'm going to graduate summa cum laude, and I literally don't know anything. That sucks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was amazing because finally, the Disability Resource Center, she put me in contact with somebody who had experience working with stroke victims first person and it took about a year to do it but taylor she she saved my life um because she just gave me the confidence i needed uh to actually pursue jobs in my field um because i was through the summer i worked with family heritage and i it's a great company but i had a personality change kind of after southwestern and my stroke i'm just not as very outgoing i was an introvert in college, I became an introvert. Now I've reverted to the introvert side a little bit. Um, so I just don't like sales. I don't. Oh. Mm. And I am pretty certain I wouldn't have even done Southwestern if I'd had my start before. Yeah. Right. So, but, so what I want to do is engineering. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. And so she gave me the confidence and she told me that you know, it's also my brain. It's just I don't have ready access to it. Not I had to humble myself a lot to push myself way through this whole course that's already really hard. But this professor I did it with is an asshole, and I love him. No, I don't. I hate him. Um, yeah, and like I'm over here. You know, I'm graduating. Gonna graduate. I have a 3.9 GPA, and I'm over here getting 15% on quizzes and 30% on exams. I'm like, oh my God. But I did go to office hours like every week. He told me, he's like, I always wore grades based on effort. So I got to see. So he's got degrees. Yeah, they do. And you graduated. So you graduated with the, with the, with an engineering oh, yeah. degree and with uh, an yeah, engineering, engineering and music, and music composition. Music composition. That's, that's like two, like Great. Uh, we, lost we lost our friend. <laughs> He'll be back hopefully soon. Oh my gosh. His connection oh. was getting... oh. <laughs> What do we do now, good. right? Um, no, it's, it's message call. What do you think? Maybe his device died. No, I think his connection just died. He'll probably get back on here shortly. Let me... In the meantime, in the meantime, we can take this opportunity to uh, get people prepared for maybe uh, tomorrow and then like some of our guests that are coming up. Um, his computer just died for no reason. reason. He'll jump back on his phone. Honestly, got it. So, yeah. Thanks for messaging me. We're, and um, we can also take this time to uh, pause for break um, as well. Um, I'm going to get something to drink and I should be right back. I, I, back. I got a whole pitcher of liquids here to keep me high. Uh, that's what I did during the Josh podcast, but uh, Josh and Steve podcast. I'll upload that today, by the way, after this. Okay. Um, that we're gonna we're gonna need to do multiple episodes because there was still so much more to talk about with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed what I hopped in on. I saw the, the last half of it. You already talked two hours by the time I showed up. Yeah, that was so fun. All right. Excuse me while he gets back on. Um, do you want to share about who's coming up? Yeah, I'll, I'll entertain the audience. Okay. They haven't been talking to us all all episode, but I'll I'll say some things. So yeah, we've got 
Um, tomorrow, Larry Anderson, another individual we've never met before that reached out to us. Um, it's it's kind of interesting to, to capture this essence of getting to make a new friend that shared the same culture and context because it was a cult, right? So um, Southwestern obviously is this crazy thing to forget. Oh, here comes Anthony. Um, so all these people have been reaching out to us like Anthony, like um, like Larry. And on Thursday, we've got Eliav Cohen. Um, it, it's fun having people hop in. So if you're a book alum, alumna or alumnus, uh, do reach out. We love setting these things up. Um, we've got more and more people ready to go because there's a lot of us out here. Um, Anthony, are you back? Can you hear me? Hmm. Go ahead and chime in whenever you get your situation. Anthony again is chiming in on his phone now because his computer died. Um, other things. <laughs> um, you can see these license plates behind me that I'm very proud of. My third summer I spent in New York. I happened to, to get my car, uh, my car license plate to expire right in the middle of the summer and they required me to get a new license plate. So that was fun. Um, fourth summer was in Vermont. Um, I just wrote out as much as I could with this New York license plate. And they're like, you're not a resident of New York. You need a new license plate. Um, and that was when I was in Vermont. They told me that. So that was fun. Um, and then got to rep the home state, Nebraska. Got some Homer, Homer Simpson, live large, rock hard. Here's my college degree. We got Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill behind me because we got a super bad poster that I got for $5 at a Goodwill. Man, what's taking Andre so long to come back? This is, <laughs> I don't know, I don't, I'm just like struggling here, Andres, come on. Um, it's a great day. Back, baby, I'm back. Great day to be an American, how about that? Someday we'll get a European on our podcast, perhaps. Yeah, I was talking to Maddie's Pajos. Yeah, I got to get them top producers. Hmm. Yeah, um, did, did he say anything else? Grand checks. I don't know. That might uh, be a... His computer died. Nothing about the phone. Um, okay, so you talked about the next guest, Larry Anderson, and then... Um, Eliav. Then uh, we got a few more. And then Jake like, and hey. Bell. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so... Um, not tomorrow, but next Sunday, um, which is actually my birthday, January 10th. We'll have a married couple who met through they're selling books. Married. They're engaged. Oh, okay. They're soon to be married. Um, yeah. So Aubrey Bell and Jake Lowe. Um, that's going to be exciting. Yo, what do you think, Andres, about me having a phone call in the middle of that podcast or something like that with uh, Jared Perus? He was the one who was saying that he knows the more context about how I got fired because I had my own context. I was supposed to work oh. with Jared that summer. And so I know we'd be stealing like a little bit of the limelight from Jake and Aubrey, but they know Jared as well, being an Eagle Blitz with them. And that would be Ooh. kind of fun if I could tell my story on my birthday. I would love to tell your story on your birthday. Um, I think we should have him... Uh, okay, there he is. His phone is having Wi-Fi issues. He'll be back on in two minutes. Um, yeah, I'd want to hear. Uh, I want to hear the story. I here's what I would want to do then. In that case, I want to then hear your story on that Sunday on your birthday, 
and then we should have Jared on as a guest, and then we can like for an a separate episode. But if he wants, if he wants to phone in, he's more than welcome to phone in. <laughs> yeah, because um, I I feel like if he's like watching the podcast live, he can just fill in a little bit of context, and then we can be like, all right, we can hear about the the rest of whatever and have his whatever. own episode. It's your birthday, brother. We can do whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I I love Jake and, and Aubrey too because they're such friendly, loving people. And yeah, dude, I, I totally want to hear their stories and how they yeah. met and fell in love and yeah. all those cool things. Um, Florida. <laughs> it's, it's exciting. It's exciting that because uh, we have also some guests coming up that we are like Fidos. I just I just heard back from. He's looking at like a early February, late February date. Cool. Uh, Lena Arns as well. Um, got some uh we got some some i can actually pull that up if you don't mind this is a good opportunity to make these announcements and do some mm-hmm. housekeeping things also if you're watching or if you watch this even if it's not live make sure you like our page on facebook ponytails, ponytails podcast let me share the link in the comments yeah do that stuff that's it that's all good um okay so we have Oh, these are guests. Okay. Um, we got Pete Burgess also uh, that we need to get on. Dylan Barr with, is also, oh, Dylan's going to be a fun. Ah, those two are going to be great. Um, Travis Lopez uh, and Nicole Hartman. Um, Austin Souders said he'd be down, and Will Metrish said he'd be down. So those are all people who would be fantastic to have on the podcast as well. Plus, anybody else who messages, in and, and uh wants to dude i'm like realizing all of who you're talking about and it's hitting me like that's an exciting lineup Fido, yeah, it's a song you got pete burgess the you know the flying dutchman as i like to call him even though he's not dutch but he took me up in a plane one time and flying uh Scots, flying scotsman yes the flying scotsman that's right thank you uh yeah. but dude billy Metcher, my boy <laughs> yeah, it's gonna <laughs> be a good time it's okay. a good time uh, so, yeah, if you're listening to this in this intermission here, uh, do make sure that uh, you, you follow us on, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Facebook. Um, we're working to make this uh, a much richer experience as we build um, viewership as well. So, luckily, it's been a good, it's been a good, had a lot of good feedback about this. So, it's exciting to uh, to be doing this. And so, got some good goals for us to do for for the podcast for this this year um and uh yeah looking forward to it um also while we're on this break um i wanted to say shout out to nick for being such a good co-host you've been super legit at getting us our our, uh you know our logo and our and our technological side of things set up so that we could have a pretty seamless experience throughout this whole thing so as much as possible no no problem andres yeah it's been legit it's been legit so thanks nick thank you nick for that um as well so fuck yeah dude Uh, did i see you have like your your new york plates that's hilarious yeah new york vermont (laughs) i should have picked up license plates from where i sold that would have been well i didn't pick them up those were on my freaking cars i know but i'm just saying set i know because i was there when you got the vermont plates yeah i was that somewhere that was with you i'm talking about when we were selling, it would have been cool to just go to the door and be like, hey, do you have an old license plate from the That would have been really cool. Because everybody's got an old license plate. That would have been dope. Yeah, man. 
and it's such a great reminder you know because it's yeah. like it's classy i love these plates too because new york is the like most iconic plate in the u.s i think and then vermont's just casual super green that green mountain state yeah man <laughs> hell yeah um well we're uh well we're on dead air here or i guess we're still alive but um as we also wait reintroduction of who we're with happened back on shortly talking to anthony conroy um he sold three summers 2017 two and a half two and a half yeah to 2019 till he had a stroke if you want to hear about his stroke make sure you go backwards from this uh we just heard that story um and he was also in the first openly gay relationship in southwestern history which is pretty cool um that 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 history he word openly about. <laughs> there's probably yeah. some messing around yeah. that happened in prior years yeah yeah very very true very true um but yeah it's exciting to he's also the first guest that we have on here who neither of us knew he asked us to be on and that's super exciting because we get to meet new people and completely pick their brains about this experience of selling books and so he made a giant comeback after a stroke he um was able to get his hearing back. He lost a lot of his memory, a lot of like functions. So huge comeback story. So super cool to have him on. He's been uh, he, he's been insightful on like a lot of different aspects that I wasn't aware of. Like his parents sold books. That would, that must have been a trippy experience. My parents. Yeah, my and parents. like you call them on Sunday and they kind of know how it goes. Yeah, how's your Sunday meeting? Oh. It was all right, you know, and they're like, okay, but like, you know, are you going to hit your goals this week? Probably not because you're not going to work hard. Nah, nah, you're not coming home if you don't. So then he was the top first year, right? It makes me wonder like why there's definitely alumni kids that don't do well or even quit. I wonder what their mental is yeah. like going through that experience. And yeah. Anthony, he was number seven, so he didn't have to worry too much about coming home and feeling like a failure. Yeah. You know? Uh would you would you have your kids sell books? Like would you Yeah, I mean I, if, I if, think if, would you let them sell books, I guess? Or would absolutely. You, how would you handle that? How would you handle absolutely. your kid coming home and like, hey dad? This is great. Now we get to interview each other, Andres. So I'll ask you some questions. Well, Anthony but, will Anthony will jump in back here in a sec. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see when he pops in. That's cool. I'm I'm ready and waiting for him with the the log the like that access to let him in if he's in the waiting room. But sure. anyway, um, I would totally let my kids sell books. Um, I know for a fact that you know much of your conversation on New Year's Eve was about how it's not a super lucrative opportunity compared to other sales door-to-door mm -hmm. -door experiences that can teach the same or even better skills, right? Um, so I, I'm always like, whatever is whatever. No, you know, only Sith deal in absolutes. I'm not gonna say my son or daughter has to sell books or, you know, if they come across it, you know, I'm just gonna tell them, no, no, it's just whatever. I, in fact, that's kind of what Anthony was describing his experience was he didn't, his dad didn't expect to like deal with his kids selling books. Um, so he was just like, whatever, you know, um, for me, if, if it were to, to come to it, if depending on like my relationship with Southwestern at that point, when I do have a child that is old enough to sell books, you know, a lot's going to happen between now and then I'll want to do the same kind of due diligence to see what's going on with the company at the time and kind of work through it together. 
um, you know, that's kind of how I see it. And if people like Danny are still around, you know, people I can relate to or, you know, iterations that are within the lineage, I guess I can, you know, kind of pick brains, see what's up. And I, I, I wouldn't see any major issue with that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love the, the skills that I learned and I recognize that it, they can be learned elsewhere, but not in the same way, I don't think. Um, I, I personally like rest my laurels a little bit, not too much, but I, I do a little bit on the fact that I did um, sell for 80 hours a week for four summers, you know, like mm -hmm. that's something I can look back to and be like, fuck it. I can, I can swallow my emotions and deal with whatever shit I have in whatever part of my life I'm in moving forward after that, you know, cause it just kind of gave me this greediness and this ability to withstand whatever life can throw at me. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, what, when we were talking with Steve and Josh about it, you know, it, it is not the most lucrative option. I think that those were good points that they were making. But at the same time, and this is kind of where we got to cut off because Josh was leaving. But I think we were, the conversation was ever twirling towards, back towards like, at the, at the end of the day, though, it was still worth it, right? Like it was still. Exactly. I don't think I ever did selfless for the money. And I'm thinking back on it. I don't think I ever. Um, there, there's a value in the things learned, right? That can't be quantified financially, but it's definitely worth something. And I think that's where it makes up for the lack of financial opportunity. Yeah, the relationships, the actual skills, like yeah. the rote memorization, like it's it's recall, man. Hi, are you the mom of the house? Great, my name's Nick with Southwestern Manage and I was talking to all the families in the neighborhood and I just stopped by for a minute and wanted to talk and see how you're doing, whatever, you know? Yeah. Like it just rolls out without without trying, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's there's that as well to be said about it. If my kids, I mean, it, th this is actually even more of an interesting question: is how long do you, do you think Southwestern will be around? Um, if if they're willing to, uh, you know, advance and and change. You mean the internship, right? Not just the sister companies. Yeah. The internship, like how long do you think people will be selling books? For, I, I, I don't selling? think they're going to let that thing right? die, man. I think they're, I mean, it's already been on life support for so long um, in terms of that one section of the family of companies. It's, it hasn't been making, it hasn't been making green in its own. It's been propped up by all the other sister companies for the fact that Southwestern Advantage is such an amazing playground, as, as we used to call it, you know, a place to build these skills, a place to test out all the different kinds of ways of building a business and selling a product. You know, it's, it's really you, not unique, but it's just its own beast that creates all this, uh, it feeds the rest of the sister companies, all of these alum, stellar salespeople and business builders, right? So, welcome back, Anthony. I'm back. Hey. On my phone. <laughs> awesome. Well, you're coming in through crystal clear. That's awesome. Good. Uh, we're, we're just kind of filling the gap here by talking about if we would let our own kids sell books. And I said, yeah, let's, let's you know, do it on a case-by-case -case basis. Like your dad, he, he didn't expect to deal with his son or anyone else selling books, right? No, but he was just like, all. you know what? We'll figure it out together. And said, yep. So, that's kind that of magical. Um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, my computer died during my final because we had to do the whole at-home COVID finals. Yeah. So I have to have the camera, and I mean, oh my god, it was crazy. Oh my, that would be. Crazy. So this is this is 
not new territory for you. What were you gonna say, Andres? No, I was gonna say uh, this could be a good pause. This that pause could be a good transition into some of these crazy pony stories that that, yeah. that I'm waiting to hear uh, from Anthony. So yeah, uh, not, not just pony stories, but like you you were saying, you have some stories of like how you picked up a random stranger from uh, after a Sunday meeting and those sorts of things. Yeah. Some of those. Um. Well, we'll see what comes back to me. See, part of what thing is what I found out is I developed dyscalculia and dyslexia, so that makes recall sometimes difficult. Um, I have one pony story I can share at the end. Um, yeah, for my first summer, I remember so the week that I had number one uh, for the first time in my first summer, um, right before I got a pie in the eye, Susanna. Um, it was right because I remember I. I'm like seeing it. I went into, um, it was like a, it was like, I, I sold in very nice, very nice turf my first summer, actually. Um, I actually had a whole, you know, thing of pictures I'd take with nice shit. I called it nice shit. Um, like doors, like four times my size I knocked on. Um, but oh, I remember, wow. yeah, no, it was, it was very, very richy. Um, I remember that I had sold books at one door, one house, and then because that I had like a 9.30 appointment with an alumni, or at a 9 o'clock appointment with an alumni, I didn't get there until like 10 o'clock, he's like, ah, come in, so I didn't even do the sales talk with him, he was like, ah, I'll just buy it, you know, that's, that's hilarious. what I usually do. Yeah. I've never, I never sold or found an alumni the whole time. Are you serious? How many summers did you, four? Yeah, not once. Depends on the kind of turf you're in. Uh, yeah. My first summer, I met a lot of alumni. Uh, second summer, I met like maybe one, two, three. No one in my first summer. Third summer. Yeah, no, I mean, I sold in rich, rich, and poor, poor. Nothing. I well, that's the never... thing. Think about it, Andres. The New England area was never really a hotbed for recruiting for Southwestern because even Dan Moore got kicked off campus at Harvard. They all kind of... Yeah, but you could, that doesn't mean people don't end up in New England after they've sold books. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean... Live. Unless unless you got a connection to go out there, you know, there's not many people who would go out there. I mean, unless you're going specifically to the Boston Metro or New York Metro, where you're not knocking on doors to sell kids books. You know, you're in the in the country, the spread out towns. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, because so you you had an appointment with alumni, 10 p.m. Sorry, that was you know. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Yeah, no, no, I had that that one, and it was really good. Um, what did he buy? Walk us through that one. What? What did he buy? I can't remember. He probably, because here's the thing. I sold what I called the SWAT 5 <laughs> because it's the core four plus the, oh my God, I love the topic source. Oh yeah. I never yeah. talked on the topic source because I would just sold it. So I did really bad with deliveries because I had already sold them everything. Uh, oh, so you just dropped bombs on... on... Oh, I, I dropped bombs on moms. <laughs> yeah, bombs on moms. That's violent, dangerous, unethical. How could you? I, all right, well, how it turned out my second summer, I had, oh my God, I lost over a thousand units to cancellations. Yeah, you got it. I love getting customer after customer after customer because when I come back, that's what I'm like, all right, you add on, you're going to add on, you know? And they always did. I always killed it in deliveries. Oh, no. Yeah, I always <laughs> would have, <laughs> no. I would have one bomb a day. I'm really proud of something to add that I'm proud of. I didn't have a zero day my entire second summer. Um, and I was so close to having a zero day. I remember 
I sat down with the family, my last family, at like nine o'clock appointment. And I'm like, oh, don't do anything because this is the last family. And I, I did, couldn't tell anything all day because I was like so worried about having a zero day and keep my streak up. But I never had a zero day my entire second summer. Uh, so I was really proud of that one. Um, yeah, no, I was someone who never, I would have 22 sit downs my second summer a day and have one customer. Oh, interesting. My first summer, I was a self-proclaimed demo whore. I what? not a demo king, a demo I, whore. <laughs> demo whore. I got like fifty sit-downs a day. No, sorry, demos a day, yeah. and it was usually fine. But I got really bad PR because of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Check this out. I know, oh, come on. I need to get my demos, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I just kind of read the situation. And then my second summer, I was a sit-down whore yeah. um, because I was really good at sit-downs, but really bad at closing. Um, yeah, but no, here's the thing is like all the student leaders were under pressure because they can never match my demos. Every single week, I was the top in demos. Right, because there's demoing everybody. Exactly. Right. I demoed every fucking day. And here's the thing, I never lied about it. I was just always just demoing. Um, so... And so in that, in the first time you sold in rich ter- territory, where was this at? North, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. In Raleigh, okay, sorry. I just, I lose track. Okay, so Raleigh and, because I sold in New England, so it's weird to me when anybody sells anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? Like when you hear like, yeah. oh, I sold in Vermont. It's like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> it just sounds different, right? And then yeah. you, and then your second summer, you were where? I was um, in Culpeper. No, 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 that was third. Um, I was in, under Kalamazoo um michigan and um i was in so i was i switched turfs that summer i only once though is i did about five weeks in um what was the county it was a nice county uh it was like nice country um rich country matawan 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 county um which is nice and then i did maybe a thousand units there. Um, and then I had to leave because of PR because uh, what it was is uh, fucking uh, first year was getting really <laughs> bad PR. I, I know his name, but I'm blanking on it. You're getting out of this one. <laughs> um, otherwise I would call you out. Um, he got really bad PR. I mean, he was like knocking through private streets and uh, uh, not doing it well. And then one time someone wouldn't let him into his, their house. So he peed on the side of their house. All that. Um, oh, and so shit. they thought it was me. Um, and I remember I was um, yeah, I remember that no one would. I had the best PR and the worst PR I ever had in neighborhoods right next to each other. So in the neighborhood that was good, I literally had a guy right when I entered the neighborhood, he took a picture of me, posted on the neighborhood page, and one one mom actually knocked on her door, didn't even approach, she just sat down outside ready to listen, you know, it was good PR. And then on the other side of the street, no one would sit down with me, and a cop stopped me at the door, and... You know, told me I had to leave, all of this. Um, and it was bad PR because he was confusing me with the other um, guy. 
And the thing that happened was the girl who had sold there before, she sold a ton of books. But she had really, really bad PR because Madawan School District said that she had been saying that, or they, they, they complained of what she said. You know, we say we don't put the school districts. Right. They said that she's saying she's with the school districts and got really bad PR. So no one would see her. So she had to, I mean, it was one of those situations that she delivered books by dropping them off at the door, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I was afraid that was going to happen because someone let me know the school said something about me. Um, and that was just, I, I kind of freaked out and I told Virgie, I'm like, what should I do? What should I do? And so the next day I just popped up to the Portage, uh, Portage North, uh, cause there are Portage North and Portage South. Uh, no, not Portage North. I sold in South. My roommate sold in North. Uh, but I sold like 3000 units there, um, in like six weeks. So that what, was, that was a good summer. summer was this? Portage, this North, was South summer, or your second summer, second summer, second okay. summer. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and then um, my third summer was, of course, the one that was kind of jumping around. But I sold in um, mostly Culpeper, Northern Virginia. Yeah, yeah, sure. So now let's let's get into just like singular stories because you've been thinking about a lot of these singular stories for a, a you know a good little while. We've talked for like two weeks ago. So um, tell us specifically that one instance or two instances of like those strangers and, and how you took them home because you made it seem like something interesting happened. I'm not sure. Um, um, I'm- not, not interesting. I'm just one of those people who gets myself in trouble by being too nice. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, the guy just needed a ride, and I was like, okay, yeah, come on, I can just give you a ride across the town. Like and a Sunday meeting, you were leaving, and someone was... Yeah. Ride. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it wasn't a big deal, and I later found out. My host mom was, like, pissed at me. She was like, no, you cannot do that. And then I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I was driving to the breakfast spot, and a guy was, like, on the side of the road, and he said, he's, like, flagged me down. He's like, I need a ride, just, like, over here. I was like, okay, yeah, it's hot, like, when i have a question i have a question this is a question that i that that because you, you're someone that, that had pretty good uh, success in selling uh in southwestern brandon q brought this up and i wanted i've been asking not at some point it, i've been mentioning it anyway that uh he goes if you had two people who so who work just equally as hard who do you think would sell more like what what's the other factor that helps you sell in your opinion right like he's he thought it was the fact that like if you're attractive it definitely helps you i thought it was like emotional intelligence what what is there something that you think that like gave you when you were like dropping bombs or when you're having like these big days uh what what do you think it's is is like another factor of success to sell a lot of books i mean it's all your mentality about it i because i i know that first week at pc um, I, David and I broke up that week ah. Oh, and well, we broke up that day. And then that night he asked me to be his boyfriend again. So, no, so you hey, that, David, come on. Something like that. I don't, can't remember, uh, but it was during my second summer. Um, yeah. And then that's a roller coaster. 
a little bit of roller coaster, you know, not like Sundays are supposed to be. And then, so those emotions, you know, of course, really kind of propel me for the week. Uh, but then I kind of just visualize the week, you know, uh, it's all, I believe it's all visualization, you know, and cause like I, you know, it's so funny. Cause I'm, I've often thought back to my third, the, the day I got 300 right. units. I don't even know what I was doing differently. It's just like, I wasn't even thinking, you know, just like in the zone. Yep. Yeah. But I, I do think that a lot of that is in the visual visualization what? of it. What, uh, what day of the week was that day, that 300 union day? It was a Saturday. It was a Saturday? That's interesting. I had yeah. a 275 and it was a Monday. And I don't know, like, looking back, I'm like, what the hell happened that Monday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's interesting. So you're saying visualization. So before you went and did this, so in case there's like some book kid that's currently a book kid talking or listening and they want to like maybe have an increase in production. What did you think about before you went? Like, or did you, were you, because a lot of people go, I just knew I was going to do it. I hate it when they answer that way. Cause it's like, well, yeah, but. Well, here's what I can tell you that week is I was so disappointed uh, because I was used to selling a lot of units by dropping bombs. And my big thing for my second summer is like, I want to actually have customers because I didn't have any customers. So I remembered I was having multiple customers. I mean, my first day, I had like five or six customers and I'm like, okay, well, maybe something. And they were all for very small packages. So I was sitting on like 200 units on that Friday. I'm like, fuck. I was a little pissed off, but I'm like, no, I'm going to finish the week strong. You know, it's all been just kind of building up to it. Um, But yeah, because I think a lot of it as well was because I had you know, I think the first time, it was the first time I was a new student leader. So it was the first time I was having follow days. And I can tell you two weeks after that, I was followed every single day. Um, so that was fun too. Um, yeah, when you get followed. <laughs> what? When you get followed. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I'm just a second year here and I'm having, you know, fourth years following me. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> exactly. It was great. You, uh, um, do you think you did anything like unique or particular to you that you, you had fun with? How, how did you have fun on the book field? Um, I sang a lot of the book field. I As a music composer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I did a little bit of that. Um, I did um, my first summer we had played fun games, but they're just normal ones. Uh, I loved always. My favorite game was the one where we had the word of the day. Yeah, my favorite word of the day from Zach Reesberg my first summer was boner jams. And so I'm like demoing my math book. You know, when you're like working on your math homework and you just, you're like stuck on it. You just got like, you got this boner jam. You need to find an example, right? <laughs> that one, that, one's, that one was awkward when the lady that I was saying that to just like didn't respond well at all. Well, uh, here's the thing about it. It wasn't us saying the word. It was them saying the word of the day. Yeah? What do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? So, like, say, ask them their question so that they said the answer that had the word of the day in it. Like, helicopter. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I've never done that. Yeah. Like, helicopter. So, yeah, I was just getting them to say really weird shit. What's some that's other fun a- things he did? 
Um, what else I do? Did you ever do no, the bigger I, and better? I never did that. Oh. Um, I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> what else did I do? I did so much shit. Um, I always, I always liked like the whole like pretending the first year was mute or whatever. <laughs> you ever do that? You'd have someone telling uh, you, and you go, "Hey, uh, this is uh, Danny, and uh, he's a mute, and he's been going around talking to all the families here in Lincoln, and, and so, <laughs> like the Mark Mark Rao talking about it. Yeah, Mark Rao, Mark Rao, definitely. And we did. That I never with did it. No, I did that with my brother when I when I. It was so funny. <laughs> oh, my favorite prank to do on first years is the the um, approach for them, or just a knocking. Well, now the knocking. It's just knocking the door and like. Hello, my name is Anthony with Southwestern, and um, you know Tim here is gonna say, have something to say to you. You know, they just, on the <laughs> drop it on them. Yeah, that was so fun. Oh man, I was. It's always a good time. Um, did you, did you? Okay, so you had you had the one the one big pony that you want to tell us about. Um, yeah, I can tell you about the bad day. Tell me about the bad day, and then tell us about the big pony, and then we're because uh, we're approaching. Yeah, I think it's. We're, that'll, that'll take about half an hour, I'm assuming, give or take. I don't know if I have that much about it. Remember, I only vaguely remember these things. Oh, dude, yeah, that's so <laughs> crazy. That's so crazy that like you forget some of that stuff because of your stroke. That's crazy. I wonder, like, did I text you anything else I wanted to talk about? Oh, the shorts. <laughs> you had the ripped shorts. I saw. It. I wanted to hear yeah. that. Stuff. Yes. Do you have that picture you can pull up? Yeah. Maybe Nick yeah, pulled up on his. I'll have to dig through some. Tell us about the bad day while he digs through some stuff. Yeah, no, my first follow day was a Thursday, my first week. And I was the whole time, I was like, why are they not letting me follow? It was kind of pissed off. You know, later find out it was because it was doing well, not sitting around and crying on the side. I never cried out of three summers, which is actually pretty much. Oh, that's pretty good. I cried I more every summer. I and I was never off summer. schedule. I was never off schedule. The most off schedule I ever was was in my third summer when I really had to pee, and it was like 8 a.m. and I could not find a house to pee in, so I went to a gas or I went to a like superstore and pee there. That was it. Anyway, That's um, crazy. I got off schedule my entire third summer. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> not my entire third summer. But yeah, but yeah no, you, and you wonder why that was your worst summer, right? No, yeah, no, I know, I don't wonder why. <laughs> I know why. That's right. Okay, so shorts. Yes, those lovely ones. What <laughs> that happened? happened? Man, tell us what happened. My first day, yes. So my first follow day with Ben Kessler, and within like the first thirty minutes, <laughs> that happens, and I'm thinking, oh shit, my pants are fucking ripped. What I'm gonna do? So he has a jacket, so he has me tied the jacket around my waist. So I'm just going around with the jacket, hiding it. And here's the thing is, every time he had, like, cool mom, had a customer, he's like, Anthony's showing her. And I'm like, oh, fine. So I turn around. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense when I do that, but okay. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I'm basically flashing moms. <laughs> and you're like, okay, here we go again, right? That's funny. Exactly, exactly. So you, you also talked about how your iPad died on the fourth. Yes, day. yes, good one. So 
my iPad died on the 4th of July, my first summer. And I'm thinking, this is like a big time day. Out, time out, time out. Everybody who's listening to this, for the most part, like 95% of the audience right now, whether they're live or later on down the road, they didn't use their iPad at all during the summers, right? Okay. And so yeah. this this is your order book. This is your maps. This is your everything, right? This it's is, everything. You can't work without this. Otherwise, you're just like, for lack of a better term, you're raw dog in the book field in the ways that Andres and I grew up knew and how to do it. But what was yeah. that? Well, yeah, because my you're right. My first summer was the first summer they started using iPads. So I never really used paper other than for like a goal period or two where sales right. driver was kind of fucking up. Right. Um, so after my first house, my very first house I sold, um, it was a nice house. And I remember I go down my iPad and it just like crashes. I'm thinking, oh, fuck. This is the 4th of July. Big. We go back to every family from the entire summer and I don't have my maps or a way to write so like you got your order book right the paper orders I, I do yeah I have the paper stuff so you were able to but I have no I have no map I have no map and then <laughs> suddenly I was just like in the zone you know and I go back to all the neighborhoods in reverse and I remember every single house that I've talked to them I specifically remember all the families I can never catch and I knock on oh. those doors and I remember the names of the neighbors I'd spoken to whether I sold them that's or not awesome. that's awesome yeah I like use the names in the neighborhoods and I ended up you know selling I think like one 150 or something that day um but I was just like such in the zone it was really good and that's after it was the day after my worst day on the book deal. <laughs> oh really Her, my no, first no time, excuses yes. getting it yeah. getting it done yeah Hell yeah, bro. Did you, um, in, in the summertime when, uh, th when you're like getting into those like zone periods, did you ever like go like a whole day without eating? Do you guys ever have that happen to you? Where you'd be like, oh shit, it's 9 30. I didn't even That's stop been to, lunch. to me a lot. Oh yeah. Totally. It's a great week. feeling. It's a great feeling. You still have all your sandwiches at the end of the day. You're like, oh shit, I forgot to eat. <laughs> As yeah, exactly. Day. Right? Yeah. It's a great day. Great days. Love it. I love it. Um, and then we also, there was also, there was another, what was, what was the other comp uh, thing you sent us? Was there one more? There's definitely some stories. Nick's, uh, Nick has them all pulled up. You got the chat pulled up here. I'm just amazed that you came back uh, from like the stroke like that. I mean, that. That's something that, that would knock a lot of people out, you know, like, and, and keep them down. So you, you, uh, your fighting spirit, came through I do. That's, I that's, do. that's crazy <laughs> well i'm actually sure. i'm very thankful i had my stroke really yeah what, what do you say that huh. i mean yeah you can't not answer that question yeah i was gonna say, say Go, um, <laughs> tell me more about that <laughs> tell me more um yeah because i feel like you know i was out of touch with the things that were really important in life before my stroke you know, I'm the person who beat my ass to work hard all the time at the expense of my relationships, mm. my family, things like that. I just didn't care. So in the end, I get now two degrees that say summa cum laude. Great. Yeah. But what did that come with the price of? A big old, a big old price that you're still paying every day. Exactly. 
So it's like, I'm so fucking glad I had a stroke at 22 and didn't have to learn that lesson when things actually matter. And I'm 50, 60 years old, have family, have kids, you know, Mm -hmm. if I lost my hearing from it, take it, whatever, you know, I believe that's so much more powerful to learn that lesson while you still can. And do you think that your relationship with, um, Southwesterns was good. I mean, how do you look back on your experience with Southwestern? Generally positive or um, negative? Was it neutral kind of? I mean, I think of it very fondly. I don't think I could do it again if I wanted to, because I realistically I could go and sell books this summer if I wanted to. Well, actually, no. I don't know. We still don't know what caused my stroke, but strokes are induced by heat. And so I'd only be able to sell if it was like in Michigan, Northeast. Or something if I did that, but I don't even know if I want to right now. Yeah, with your you know, right? Yeah, no, and that makes sense. That's that's it's interesting. Um, do you parents? Do your parents blame Southwestern at all for your stroke, or do do are they more like? This is I mean, a accident. Or... I think well, because here's the thing: is a lot of people go through their entire lives with the PFO, and it's almost certainly was instigated by the fact I was doing um, very rigorous stuff. I mean, what we do in Southwestern is so extreme. It's not normal. Um, so the heat and the rigorous exhaustion is just that instigated it. It may have happened otherwise if I didn't do Southwestern, mm-hmm. but it almost, it certainly did happen because then because I did Southwestern. Interesting. Do you think that there's something about Southwestern that they could fix? Because we've asked a lot of people this question and based on the eras that they sold, they've said some things that have been fixed about Southwestern, but you sold very recently. Yes. So what what, what would be a couple of things that you think, okay, they could probably improve on this side? Not to um, really talk shit about if you, I mean, I guess it's up to you if you want to, but. No, but, I'm not going to talk shit. I don't really have shit to talk about. I thought it was really great. One of my biggest things I never liked about Southwestern, I thought there was never, um, just culturally never press or um you know attention given to like well-being getting hurt stuff like that it's always just you know work through it work through it work through it in my first summer I was hurt every single week you know I thought I broke a rib for like the middle of the summer turns out you know um uh it was just (laughs) I got a hug too big no, it was during uh no 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 it was, I got pushed too hard during rowdy, <laughs> and it dislocated my rib. And so I actually had to go to um, a chiropractor every morning for like two weeks before I went to work, and I never was late to work. But like you know that wasn't good. And then you know also my first summer I had whatever whatever the athletes get. I'm not an athlete about like their Achilles heels. Chin, uh, shin splints I think something like that anyway my feet really hurt one day so I followed Emily the only follow the day, day I did with her when I was in her car my feet in a bucket of ice well actually not just a bucket of ice it was my feet on her jacket in a bucket of ice um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no in that I you know yeah, I just feel like it's always uh, work through it. It'll be okay. Just work through it kind of mentality. And there's not, you know, care given to yeah. well-being necessarily. Um, 
at least my perceptions. Yeah, some people, I can't now, can't remember who said this, but somebody mentioned there's not a lot of like attention towards like mental health. Um, oh, not at all. Um, and just especially, especially like in between summers. I always thought that, it, I, that it, I just remember, I don't remember who said it, but I remember the thought and I never put this in the podcast or the, just comment in the podcast, but it'd be interesting to see what would happen if like they had, like if they hired on like a psychologist or two at the end of the summer, like during checkout, where you can just kind of go and uncheck and unload without without judgment, because like I feel like sometimes um, this they, they need like, a whole team of psychologists for that one, not just well, one. yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know, but like or, 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 or they do this whole thing where you do your shit list, where you like go and un, like divulge all the things that you could have done better times right. you were off schedule, that's and that's right. helpful in a way, but it's not helpful when it's like, somebody of like. A management position because then you feel like you're letting them down in a way so there's gonna right. be, i feel like it'd be good if there was like this person where it was a completely third party that really had no financial gain from you selling units <laughs> to right. them that you could just like hey like i was not okay i was scared and they could help you kind of figure out why you're scheduled and shit maybe even like make it so that you kind of get that out of the way and then you kind of realize oh it's not that big of a deal and then coming back isn't as scary or yeah, as like a good point. yeah know? um no, like I think that's, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I think, and I think that's something that because you're right. You, I had that thought because somebody else had mentioned that there's like no, uh, uh, well, I mean, there might be, but there's like very that it could be improved where the well-being is a lot more valued. Um, yeah. Part of that, part of that comment came from who? I uh, see Victoria Olas. I think was the one who mentioned that um, they like the schedule was too like it's too crazy. It's too too crazy. Like it's a little too much on the extra extra crazy side and so to have a spot where you could just like do some have, have a more uh, still crazy tough schedule but not like an insanely tough schedule i think it's what she was uh, mentioned that so and it came back to the idea of like having a more time to that's what the europeans already do anyway you know yeah, yeah. and, and it's... we could we could go down all the rabbit holes of all the different ways that southwestern could improve and have opinions about each each thing um they're already doing a lot of those things it sounds like um yeah to push mm-hmm. back some of the the starting hours and allow people to sleep a little bit more it sounds yeah. like i think this summer with the zoom selling that they did at the beginning it kind of yeah. gave them a little bit of a different perspective on like how much they can improve production and i think it was good for the company overall um, but yeah, yeah. anyway yeah just um, a, that's a good question yeah i don't know um is it feeling about that time for the pony? yeah i'm i need to hear the story now i need to hear this pony story right now okay well i'll tell you the horror one and then i'll tell you the good one yes. all right all right yes, yes. okay yes. Yes. so i remember it was july 3rd my third summer and my sorry my first summer went back um and i already told you i had a really bad pr yeah but i remember i knocked on one door and it was talking with the dad you know approaching him really good and then i was gonna meet with him and we were trying to find the time i could come back and the mom she drives out the she starts to reverse out the driveway and she reverses and she gets like halfway through she's like no, I know who you are. She said, I've heard all about you on Facebook. Get the hell out of the house. Oh, you know? She's like, like oh. me out. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. 
that was, that was just a start of the day. That was like nine o'clock. Um, yeah. Then halfway through the day, and I'm going through another part in different neighborhood, and I trip for my leg really bad. I'm just going through. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then another neighborhood I'm going through, a gated community, but the gates are open. So I had already gone through half of it. Then I go to another house on the other side. You're like, no, um, talk with the dad again. Talk with the dad again. And I leave. And like after I, when I'm pulling out, I hear another mom is like, no, I know who he is. And she gets <laughs> up. And it turns out she is the HOA president. Uh, oh, so she gets in her car <laughs> and chases me in the neighborhood. And I just keep going to the house, next house. And I'm up to the door and I go back and she follows me. Climbing on the horn the entire time doesn't stop, and I just keep going. So I keep going, and then just I go to the next the house. Horn? Yeah, just laying on the horn the entire time, <laughs> and then I go back to her. At one point, I talk to her, and she's like, "How? Why are you doing this? Nobody likes you. Why are you doing this? You can get like a much better job. You're probably not making any money. Nobody likes you. Just stop doing this. Get out of the neighborhood." Just get out of the neighborhood. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing my job. And I just keep going. And I just kept knocking, going through it. And while she's just slamming on the horn the entire time. And I go to the end of the neighborhood. And one house specifically, he answers the door. And like, as I'm approaching, she starts calling from the street. And she's like, don't talk to him. Tell him to get out, you know. Um, I don't know if anything else happened that day. But yeah, no, it's yeah. It's that a, that was a fun day. I never had PR stories that crazy. It's yeah, pretty, it was. It's pretty wild. Pretty intense. Um, I learned you don't share that when you're trying to recruit. Right. <laughs> I did do that once. Fail school, right? When they're yeah, know, right? Anyway, so the good one. So this house was last customer my whole first summer. I remember I went to his house many times because I remember I had, I can see it. I, it was like at the top of a, you went to the neighborhood and then it went up. It was like a, you, you had to go back to get to it through like a couple of things to get to it. And then you could go up this way. It was never there, never there so many times. I not knock, ring the doorbell, camera doorbell. I hate camera doorbells. Um, <laughs> Yes. Well, now, new in so much trouble. One time he answers the doorbell, but he's not home. And um, he's like, okay, yeah, I'd like to listen, but you need to come back when I'm home and my wife's Jeez. here, all of this. And I think, okay, whatever, whatever. So my last customer, I, I'm literally finished up my deliveries. Um, no, 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 my last customer before deliveries, of course. And I go by his house and um, I can't remember if he had set up an appointment or not, but I go there and I'm just, you know, I do the whole presentation for his wife. Um, and she, you know, she's like one of those, they're, they're like 60, probably like upper 60s. Older parents. And it's a nice house, of course. Um, so I do the whole presentation for the kids books because they're looking for the grandkids. Oh, right, right, right. And, um, and I um, did the whole thing and I told him the price is like, at the time it was like 400, 450, something like that. And she was like, okay, okay. Yeah, we'll take four. 
<laughs> like what? Four sets. <laughs> yeah, four full sets. Uh, what the fuck? A true pony. I was like, I was like what? She said, "Yeah, we got four different grandkid families." So that's badass. How many units was that? It was like one twenty-five. That's fun. <laughs> did she get? I mean, like all some logins. Yeah, yeah, she got the, the websites too. That's awesome. Each one. Wow. Holy cow. That's a fun customer. That was your last door of your last. My last customer summer. for this yeah. first summer. So it was a nice way to end the summer. No it, way. Simply, right? Dang. We'll take four. You're here trying to get one. Exactly. <laughs> was that the only customer that whole day? No, no, oh, I had so you, other ones. Did you have big day? Damn. Yeah, it was a fun big day. You might. Yeah. No, I can't. No, I think it was actually, it was delivery week. Oh, so like yeah, it was my last delivery is because I went to and I think I said, well, because the thing is I was delivering all over and I said I will come by your house at the end when I finish up on Saturday at like nine o'clock. He was like, okay, cool. So I remember I had the books in my car yeah. um, to do it, so it was just on the spot. Did you have enough for four? I did. That's I think so. Crazy. Yeah. Or, or something like that. I can't remember exactly how it was, but. That's we'll take four. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, what? We'll take four sets. All right. That's cool. You can have four sets. Crazy how that happens, you know? And Anthony, it's been a pleasure to get to know you, you know, to, to finish on your first summer on such a high note, finish it with this podcast. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's humbling to get to know your, your experience of working through a stroke, man. Um, definitely makes me grateful for my own health. And I wish you all, all the, the most health in, in your lifelong recovery. I mean, probably never going to be the same again, but you, you've got a good attitude. And I appreciate that. I respect that. Admire it. Even the dogs are chiming in how much they love it. So um, any, any final words that you like to share before we put a nice bow on this episode? I mean, I love my time in Southwestern. I'm trying to get my sister to sell books. Okay. She may or may not. She's not very for anymore. But um, <laughs> I know. I have three siblings and none of them done it. Um, but yeah, no, I'm very thankful for my time at Southwestern. Um, I think I definitely learned a lot. Uh, definitely would not take it back. Um, yeah, I'm just very thankful for what I learned um, and what I went through and, you know, where I've come. And I often do think back to it very fondly. I mean, I had a great time at Southwestern. You know, I was not ready to leave at all. Yeah, but I had to, though. Yep. Just had to. Well, it's a humbling experience for sure. And, um, you know, anybody listening to this podcast, um, reach out to Anthony Conroy on Facebook. Adam is a friend. Send him a message if you want to work with the guy, because it sounds like he's looking for anybody to to collaborate with uh, on doing something. Check out my website, anthonyconroy.com. There you go. Learn about Dude, for sure. Thank you so much. I mean, I want to, I also want to touch something on like, that's, it's pretty, pretty incredible story that to come back from something like that. And I think that, uh, that, uh, there's more stuff that in store for you to just kind of discover. And it's just, it's just part of the story that, that you're going to have to 
uh, tell us about again later in the future. I, I'll keep in touch with us. I want to hear how your progress is going. And, and, and um, yeah, I hope that uh, I hope that you find everything that you that you're looking for that you need to find for yourself. And I don't know what that it looks like or what shape that is, but but for sure, I do appreciate you coming on here and, and sharing that story and uh, awesome to hear about uh, your experience with your your relationship with Southwestern and the, being the first openly gay relationship and in, in, in the, the company. That's that's a cool that's a cool thing to take with you as well. Um, and so thank you for sharing all that stuff. I really do appreciate awesome. you being on here, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and thank you for having me. It was an honor. Yeah, Absolutely. Man. So much well, fun. Uh, so much fun. Yeah, happy uh, 2021. We got yeah. episode tomorrow. Episode the first 30. episode of the year. Oh yeah. So yeah, let's uh let's go out and you know, all those demons should have been expelled from last year. Maybe we're yeah. you know a fresh start, maybe they're hanging out with us a little more, but just go and make today great, tomorrow great. We'll see you all in future episodes. So yeah. Thank you so much, man. We need, we need a cool sign out, but we'll we'll see y'all next time. Yeah. That's, That's the show. Luck. That's the Bye. show. <laughs> see Bye. Ya.